Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a wonderful day for everybody. What's up, Kenny? Nothing. Nothing at all. We're going to be able to catch the 76ers. Uh, I think we've already caught them. We have already caught the 76ers? Yeah, I mean, they're in a backslide, but now I see that what Joel Embiid's yeah. going to get an MRI. Embiid, we've moved past them. Embiid has missed the last four games. They've lost every single one. I of them. don't want to be excited about guys getting MRIs, but... Mm. Yeah, he's not going to play enough games to win the MVP now. Folks, we're up to four. Didn't even play a game last night. Not currently playing the Knicks in the first round. No. Well, right now it's a 4-5 against Philadelphia Philly. 76ers yeah. Cleveland Cavalier matchup. Well, the Cavaliers fi- are the four. We'd find out real quick if uh, Jared Allen and Ooh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are fit for prime time, now, fit for the lights. Well, hold on now. If What if Joel Allen beat us out? Then it might be Cavs Pacers. Oh, if they keep so well. It no, might be Cavs Heat. What if the Cavs continue their upward mobility might be Cavs magic. Oh, that'd be a nice matchup. No, what I'm saying is if it could still be Philly, if Philly goes down and you go, they go to six and we go to three. If if we go to three, I'm, I'm figuring without Joel and beat all of a sudden, there's going to be a big backslide. Sure. The the Pacers are two games back of of the 76ers. They're in the six seed. Then you have Miami. Then you have Orlando. They're still five and a half games ahead of Miami though. So if you, I mean, I've, I've heard Cavs fans start talking about the two seed. So it gets really interesting. I mean, either way, the teams I don't want to play, I don't know if you were to. I would love to play Orlando. Of course, that means that they're going to play Orlando and I'm going to look like an ass. No, you should beat Orlando. Orlando had that nice start to the season. They did. But they. Um, You've matched up well with Orlando. Yeah, I, I, I would have no issues going up against Orlando. I'd love to play Orlando. I mean, if you can't beat Orlando in a series, then what the hell are we all doing here? Yeah. I mean, there's certain teams that's like, all right, the Knicks, they're tough. They've won eight in a row. Josh Hart's playing well. Jalen Brunson is a star, which might be uh, pretty good for Donovan Mitchell at some point here, but we'll talk about that. For us and Donovan Mitchell, I, I, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, they're doing it with Randall um, Hurt. Hartzenstein is yeah. out, and Mitchell Robinson has been out. Mitchell might return now, they're saying, for the postseason. So you have the Bucks there at number two, and then you have the Celtics at number one. They're 37-11, and 11, and I don't know if anybody's catching them. I don't think so. So if you were at the three seed, possibly, like say the Knicks take a backslide or something, I don't know, they're 31 and 17. They're, they're really just hitting the gas mm. at the right time here. Um, so if you have the Knicks there at the three seed, if you stay at the four, 
I mean, there is a there is a big gaggle there, I do think. I know that the, the 76ers have got 29 wins right now. Pacers 27. Heat and Magic are, are deadlocked at 24. Bulls are, I mean, then you got the Bulls. They're, they're four games under 500, and everything else is just kind of poop. Yeah, I mean, whatever happens at the bottom of the Easter Conference, like, it would be great to play, to get all the way up to, say, the two seed, and you get a chance then to play, you know, that the the runner-up in the play-in tournament, the way yeah. it's structured, right? So, um, notably, it's not that I don't think we could, like, beat the Miami Heat in a series. It's just I wouldn't want to play them. There's, a, there's, there's too much aura. at stake. There's an aura. Yeah, and I, yeah. they'd have the coaching edge. Uh, they'd have the Jimmy Butler edge, and just Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is a superstar that he gets to a level that outside of maybe, you know, Donovan Mitchell got to that level in the bubble the one year against Denver. But outside of that, I think most people would be picking Jimmy Butler to be the best player in that series. Yeah. And Bam Adebayo would would be a great – what a great matchup that would be just overall. Him versus your centers. But they don't have Max Struess anymore. They do not have Max Struess. In fact, they, they just – they, well, you you said at the end of the show yesterday like a snake. that would you be... chop, chop off the head, and now they got another rookie that's even better than any of the guys they lost in free agency. That would be kind of the, yeah, it would be kind of the crystallization of the two teams, though. Like if if Max Struess came is here, obviously, and you played the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. if if Max Struess was just taken out of the series and looked terrible against the Heat, and they just shut him down no matter what, like they got other players they have to shut down that are more important. But if you looked at the end of the the final box score of Max Struess in a, in a seven-game series, and there's just no contribution there. I'm going to force you to have to do champion's pose, even though you're not going to want to dance on the grave of things. But, I mean, that's going to that's gonna set some people off the wrong way. However, Max Struess plays exceedingly well, then there's a difference. But I do think for him to play exceedingly well, we go another level to this, for him to play exceedingly well, you really have to be at full strength. Because if you ask more from him, I think he's going to be exposed. And I think he has been exposed well, he, because yeah. you have asked more. Yeah, well, he's, he's done a lot of things well. As much as I rip him for the shooting, it's everything but the shooting. The shooting. Yeah, but you got him for shooting. The shoot. The shooting. Well, they'll say they got him for gravity. Okay, sure. Gravity. Yeah. Kenny, Whatever that means. Got him. But Can you explain gravity to me? It's, uh, I don't even want to explain gravity Kobe Altman's gravity Isaac Newton all of a sudden? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it, listen, I tried to warn people that he's not the shooter that people think they're getting. But he's been better at everything else. Um, I, I don't, I don't think his defensive prowess, I think his defensive prowess is very regular season based. I think he'll have problems. That's one of those, that's one of those stupid basketball terms that are used to kind of explain things away when a guy is struggling (laughs) to try to give a guy an excuse. Oh, we got him for gravity. Well, the Cavs are the Cavs, you know, when they were, when they were off to the horrible start and a lot of it, you know, they, they couldn't, couldn't depend on guys being healthy. They had issues from the get go. So I'm not going to make it sound like it's all their fault that they got off to that rocky start. But they would they would definitely if you follow their social media, if you listen to their announcers, if you you just a lot of excuses would permeate all the time. Now, I mean they've they There's no they, excuses they, you have you have they, to make. They no, great. not at all. Like the Miami Heat have lost seven in a row. And so that's another reason I don't really want to play them in the playoffs, because if you played the Heat in the playoffs mm-hmm. and you lost to them, I think it would have a lot of people going, what's the point of the regular season? Miami just doesn't try. You try very hard, and then in the postseason, they're just better than you. But I don't think this like is I'd the, be nervous about that. I don't know if this is the typical try-hard Cavs, though. That, that, like that's why when we're talking about their talent, I'm like, man, you really don't have to go crazy in a lot of these games to beat some of these teams. Like I, I, I don't know how to explain it other than 
I, I think do do teams get up more for Boston and Milwaukee? Probably, yeah, than they do the Cavs. But it's not like the Cavs aren't giving a professional effort. They're looking good in a lot of these victories. And that was a nice, again, that was a nice win the other night. It was a great now, win. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to glean much off of the six-win Pistons tonight, mm-hmm. other than we'll see how Darius Garland does. That'll yeah, be nice. A great game to ease Darius back in. Although, I don't even think they'll need to ease him. Remember, his injury, it's not like he had a knee injury or a, or it was something with his lower body. Mm-hmm. And so, he should he should be fine. Maybe the stamina is not going to be there. I don't know how much he's ramped up. Um, but I'm I'm really curious, and I think the one thing to watch over the next few weeks is just are they staggering the big men? Like that Clippers game, they did not, Jared Allen and Mobley did not share the floor in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That is very different from last year. But was that just because that was Mobley's first game back? Was it because of the matchups? You know, the Clippers didn't really have a center in that game. They didn't have anybody playing. Like Plumlee was their starter. But for most of the game, they didn't play anybody taller than 6'8". So that was a perfect game for you to feast True. and get offensive rebounds, which they did. They controlled, and they the Clippers couldn't get a defense, couldn't get a rebound in general. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that looks going forward. I, I think a lot of people are. I, um, is there anything else when it comes to the playoff? Like, are, are, are you looking at it in, in earnest terms of the playoffs already? And how this all matches up. Because it still feels a little bit early. We're not at the trade deadline yet. Come yeah. on next Thursday. It is very early to be scoreboard watching and to be looking at how everybody stacks up. Just right now, the way this is standings-wise. But you got to take notice here. Like, the, the Cavs have gone from a team where, when they had those injuries, I was like, all right, are we even sure they're in the play-in? Now, yeah. we're looking to wonder, can they get up to the two-seed? Yeah. What a remarkable turnaround. And the only, if there is a bad thing, and it's, there's nothing bad about the Cavs playing well, it's just that the Knicks aren't losing. The Celtics look like the best team in the NBA on most nights. Well, there was one thing that people noticed that wasn't very good. What's that? Yeah, the Clippers game, I don't know why. For whatever reason, why are they having the PA announcer start the defense chance? Wouldn't they just hit a button for that? Not, I know somebody in the room that might have, they have experience with this, but when, what, you got something to say over there, Mitch? They need something in my ear. Okay. Um, did the PA announcer at the Clippers game, I've been wanting to bring this up with you. Mm-hmm. The PA announcer for the Clippers game, do, don't they just hit a button for chance in the arena? Yeah. Yeah. Mo- mostly it's always just been. One of those recordings. So when you go to the game. I think it's been the same one for like 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. they have I've got a little experience in it. There are just pre-programmed buttons that whoever's operating. Oh, it's the maestro night. of in-game entertainment on many nights. I do some, not with the Cavs, but in the arena. So what happens there? Why do they have the. the well, I don't know. Just I, I, maybe we have to listen to it first. And, okay. Because Danny that. Cunningham, our, our, you know, he's a he's a host here at the he fan. Filled in for you guys. He's filled in for ago. us. He'll probably fill in for you while you're on paternity leave coming up here. Danny noticed this, and a couple of other people noticed this. And I, I don't know what's going on, but we might not have to tighten things up. Apparently, uh, while the Cavs were coming down on offense, we kind of forgot where we were in the in the game, and there was almost a defense chance started. Yeah, we have the TV call, but okay. you got to listen into the background. All right, you'll turn hear, it up. You'll hear John Michael, 
listening to the background. I'm going to lower my voice. I'm going to lower my voice. Now turn up your radio because I don't want to be yelling in Rip your car. Knob off. Play this audio. Here, hit it. Westbrook, nice pass. Levert, he returns fire. Westbrook has 11 points. Levert moseys in toward the basket. Back it goes to Wade. Spruce fires a three. Okay, he immediately knew what he was doing wrong. Audio courtesy of Bally. This poor guy, he immediately knew what he was doing wrong and then started the Let's Go Cavs chant. Like, once you start a chant, you have to finish the chant at the arena if you're the PA announcer. So you have to do something there. Did he correct himself the next time down, Owen? Apparently. Well, it sounded like they immediately switched to Let's Go Cavs. Yeah, he did it, but I'm, what I'm reading here is that he immediately switched down and went, all right, now defense. Oh, and it's I, like, well, if you're putting him, the PA announcer, like there's very specific things that you have to say and read and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you're really creating as a PA guy over the public address like you would if you were John Michael or Tim Alcorn or something like that when you were in a live broadcast with everything going on. Yeah. These are official statements that are made as a PA announcer. Well, it was, it was a pretty big game. Uh, I know that you had commented that you, you were surprised at the empty seats in the upper deck. I will talk but, more about that at 640. But normally that doesn't matter. Like the, the crowd in that lower bowl when they are into it and uh, along the, the mezzanine um, extended around, they, they, normally that place gets really, really loud mm-hmm. for the big games, especially if the game is pretty close. And this one was. It was in the balance, oh. especially in the fourth quarter. So normally you, you wouldn't think you'd need to manufacture much in the way of noise. Um, and maybe that time he just, this is just, wait, we all screw up. We all screw up with a microphone in front of us all the time. Anybody that listens to this but show? I don't know why you would put him in that spot. That's my whole thing. It's like, why would you start chance with the public? Like Bob Tank is still the guy over there at, uh, yes, at, Progressive at, at the Field. guardians games. Like he doesn't just start ripping, riffing on stadium mustard there on the open mic. It's not an open mic night. Like you have to announce the pitchers yeah, being in. It's think, an official thing. Hey, better, 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 better. Hey, better, better. Sweet. Swing. Better. Better. Like you don't make it like Jeff. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Jeff Shreve is sitting there <laughs> that going, be great. I can't believe I have to say third down again. Well, they actually won a lot yeah. of games at home over the last few years, so he doesn't have to do that. Like, he's yeah. not saying these things. I don't know why you're like, well, let's have him start the defense. Yeah, he team. doesn't come on and go, I don't here we that. go, Brownies, but, here we go. But ooh, every ooh. arena is different, and, and especially in the NBA, it's a lot different. We do a lot more uh, sound, and that's been called out before, how much sound they do at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse compared to some of the other basketball arenas in the NBA. Well, there's plenty of sound in there a lot is, of arenas. There is, if you'll notice, on offense, it's more um, like hip-hop instrumental beats, yeah. songs that you might know and go, oh, I know that's a Dr. Dre beat or something like that. And on defense, it's more of those hand clap. You know, they were obviously doing the defensive chant that you've heard it you know, youth football games and high school games and things like that's a pretty common chant, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like the Cavs are the first people to ever say defense and have a crowd chant. Now, for forever. It. But if you just had a button like you had for years and years and years, it's well, like, oh, he was on button. I mean, there was a beat playing that was played off a button. That's yes. pretty yeah. obvious. Yes. Now, forever, he's just following the, the loudest, the loudest that venue would get in big games especially obviously when LeBron was here, when they would, on the Humongotron, put up either a picture of Big Ben when the other team was shooting a free Correct. throw 
or the Michigan Wolverines, Correct. to which then Ken would get up and start cheering. Oh, that's my team. Yeah, I like go. the Michigan Wolverines. Oh, hail to the victors. I don't like Michigan. Hope they win a national championship. You might not like Michigan, but I hate Ohio State. I don't hate Ohio State. But that's that's what they would do. Ohio State basketball might hate themselves. That's coming up in the next segment. I don't think I need to say anything more about that. I think uh, well, my case is... I don't say, your phone's not blowing up this time. <laughs> I don't know why. Seems like he's pretty resigned to his fate, but we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, but that's that's what NBA, NBA arenas... I mean, they, there is a lot of manufactured sound in general at NBA venues. In fact, that's almost to a detriment to uh-huh. some fans. Some fans cannot stand that they, they just don't let the game breathe, that there's all this noise going on. There's never-ending entertainment going on. Kids love it. It's gotten to the point, though, but I admit, a certain demographic does not like it. I think it would be awkward if it would just silence as they were playing basketball. Well, and just, that's like one of the cr- things. Ambient crowd noise as Especially they were playing Especially early basketball. in the season, you're doing all that, and then as the playoffs come, everybody wants it to stop. Well, how do you just stop doing what you've been doing and draws people in and keeps the attention of I, kids especially? I kind of think the base – the this, and this is why you notice is because it's it is a little jarring, but there is a rhythm to it where it's like, all right, on defense they're gonna put the do 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 do, or like you know, on offense they're gonna do that, and then on defense they're gonna do exactly what Owen said. Like I've got, just gotten used to that cadence each time up and down the floor, where I don't really it doesn't bother me at all, and it's just part of the rhythm of it. It's like when you hear the the concrete on the highway or something like that. Like that's that's what it is. So I it, it was a little jarring, and I just don't know if I. I feel bad for the PA guy. I wouldn't put him in that spot. His name's Sean. He's a nice man. He seems like a very nice man. He has my sympathy. He's been he there a long time it, now. Since 2017. Olivier, yeah. Olivier, who's gone on to... to Went to the Barclays Center. Yeah, wow. Barclays Center. Stage and screen. He's, he does he's, the Olympics and things he does, like that. He does a ton of stuff. And so I, I, I think Sean's done a great job. I think it's just one of those, they were trying to get people fired up. And, you know, we all screw it up sometimes. I have plenty. Oh, guess what? He missed it. Coming up next, basketball's so bad, it's making us quote Hemingway. Well, at least one of us. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima about last night next on the Fin. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. All right, as we are now in that malaise between the conference championship weekend and the Super Bowl. Hate it. Does anybody love it? If they played football games that didn't matter today, would people watch? Yeah, I wondered that. Stole that question I, right from you. I wondered that. Like, if all of a sudden, like, let's say it's just a random week 19. Hey, it's Jacksonville versus Carolina this weekend. And you got all the real announcers. They played a third place game. Go, if the winners each get $500,000 oh, each. Oh, okay. Boy, that's a lot of money to win in a football. The winners get $100,000 each for third place. That would mean more to a lot of those football players than, like, the in-season tournament money meant to the NBA players. That's a good point. Those guys be fighting for yeah. their life. Yeah. So I'm saying. I think it helps a fan base, so, too. You go, we're the bronze medal. We're the third place. And, like, obviously, Lamar would not play, but Tyler Huntley would treat that like the Super Bowl. What is the what is the, what is the winner's yeah. share? Yeah. What is the winner's share of the Super Bowl? It can't be more than the winner or loser's share of the Super Bowl, but it's like, all right, you guys are playing for $50,000 each, whatever it is. Okay. All right, that would be. That would all, they would take whatever. Remember, a lot of those guys are off practice school. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But Losers lose. On injuries. If you lose the game, you lose your signing bonus. Yeah, problem is like Clowney. There will be people pulling Clowney out and Beckham would not play. Like, that's no. the thing. You wouldn't get those guys to play. I think Clowney will do anything for money. The players union agreement is 157,000 for per player on the winning team, okay. 82,000 on the losing team. All right, team. 50 grand a per, 50 grand a player for the winner of the third place game. This weekend, Detroit and uh Baltimore. People ain't watching that? People are watching well, that. Well, people watch the damn Pro Bowl. Putting it out on social media seeing what people think. Meanwhile, Mike Lombardi was on yesterday the on the afternoon drive show. I had some interesting comments about the hiring of Ken Dorsey and making it work with Kevin Stefanski. Well, I think if you know the Browns, it's going to be collaborative, right? You know, I think that's the way it is there in the building. I think that the analytical department will have some commentary on it. I'm sure Deep Podesta will have some commentary on it. I'm sure that, you know, Andrew Berry will. I'm sure Jimmy Haslam and Dee Haslam will as well. But I think, you know, what we lead more than anything in football today is, is as a head coach, as a strategist, somebody to understand how to play the game, what you need to do to win the game. And I think Kevin making this move to, to kind of separate himself from being a tactician to a strategist is a good thing because now you can oversee the game. Now you can go over and help out Schwartz. You can have an impact on the defense. You can have an impact with Bubba Ventrone on the off, on the special teams. You could have an impact with the offense, and you could stand in front of the team, and you could watch the game. Instead of looking at your play sheet and checking things off, you could actually watch the game and make decisions on the game predicated on what's happening. Also went on to say that it's going to be incumbent on Dorsey to learn Stefanski's offense and then learn how to coordinate it. This is very interesting. I think fans do not distinguish, and media. I don't think we do a good job of distinguishing the difference between the roles at times. If we have an offensive coordinator, but he's not the play caller, we just assume, well, everything is Stefanski. And it's like, well, no, Stefanski during practice is coaching the team. He's monitoring all the personnel groups while the coordinators do what they do. I see a lot of walking around and observing everybody from a head coach. Hardcore standing in there and coaching. Like some guys do. Like Nick Saban is famous for going over to the DBs. Yeah, and, hell yeah. I mean, yeah. he's one of the best DB coaches in the history Same of football. Same thing with Belichick, for that matter, to be honest with you. I hate to always lump those two in, but you always see the yeah. famous thing about Belichick teaching how to jam at the line of scrimmage and stuff like that as a head coach. The little things. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we need to do a better job, and it's going to take, by the way, it's going to take the Browns in, in clarifying roles and communicating a little bit better because I think right now – in fairness to the Browns, they haven't had a press conference. 
they haven't necessarily even told us who's going to be doing the play calling. They haven't officially announced Ken Dorsey. No, they haven't. They're, well, they're just waiting. On what that. was? That'd be a big matzo ball hanging out there. What was the tweet they sent out during the? No, that was Adam Schefter that sent out. Okay. Well, I think people probably assume that. Right. Was... I mean, once you get it from Schefter Rappaport. Yeah. So I mean, maybe they're they're making sure the contract situation is settled. Maybe there was offset language from Dorsey's contract with the Bills. He gets fired. How much? How much does he have left of the Bills? Are they still responsible for that money? Technically, we're still in season. Maybe yeah. he's not allowed to be hired until after the season's over. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that that has to be straightened out. Um, I just wonder once the Browns announce it and announce who's calling the plays, then I think it would be very interesting for them to say, "All right, here here's how this works." Because I think fans just assume. If you're calling plays, you're running the whole offense. You're coaching the whole offense. You're teaching the whole offense. Why do we even have an OC? I've heard people wonder, I mean, what was Alex Van Pelt's role at all when he was with the Browns? So maybe it's just that. Maybe we get carried away at times with these roles. And you're throwing your hands um, up in the air because you, I, I you're at practice more than anybody. I don't think, uh, I don't think that they really – it, it, there's always a question about what they're really going to do. Like, we we do overrate play calling to a certain degree on all these things, but I think the delegation of responsibility in, in certain roles change over time. Like, offensive line coaches, then they a lot of them have started to become offensive coordinators, run game coordinators. Remember, the delegations change because we kind of want to keep guys in position to to move up or position to stay with us, so we create different roles for these guys. Uh, strength and conditioning coaches, their roles have changed, especially in, in the college game, for crying out loud. So I, I I, do think that unless a team specifically says what the responsibilities are, then I think a lot of people are left in the dark. Uh, Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo, I don't know if he was ever actually listed as a defensive coordinator. He's listed <laughs> as He was listed as a linebacker's coach. Like They're pretty famous over there for doing it like that, for <laughs> whatever reason that the, the Patriots do things. All right, it's probably not the top of your radar, Ken Carmen. Mm-hmm. You like to talk about your product ladder. I don't think Ohio State basketball is up there. Somebody texted me, a buddy of mine, three games ago, telling me what an embarrassment Ohio State basketball is, and I just simply responded, I don't follow the program any longer. <laughs> and then I tweeted that out. And uh, a lot of people had some interesting things to say about that. And the coach, uh, meanwhile, Ohio State lost again last night. Now, they were going up against 14th-ranked Illinois, but it was at home, and there was video captured in the arena to show the level of apathy right now towards the program. They have lost six of seven. Uh, pretty much Chris Holtman, the head coach, is now dead man walking. Here is the coach yesterday in the press conference about, uh, well, really what's going on right now. Last six and a half minutes, you had a five-point lead and then end up down seven at the half. One field goal for you guys in the last six and a half minutes. How critical was that stretch? And the opportunities just didn't seem like they were there for you guys in that stretch. Yeah, you're talking about any specific possessions or just? Well, I mean, you got one field goal in six and a half minutes, so there were probably a lot of them. It just felt like that was a stretch where Illinois exerted itself a little bit. and It was a critical a, stretch. We missed yeah. two front end and one and ones. We had a wide open three we missed, and we had a pull-up that we missed. So. 
if you're asking me, I don't know what you're asking. If you're asking, was I pleased with the quality of our offense? He's asking why you're still the damn coach of the, the basketball part, yes, team. Having, not having God, we're like year seven of this. Just stay. Get out of here. Stretch, go away. You're Ohio State. Go away. Why are you still talking? Why are you still the coach? Why are you still representing my program and my college? You don't belong up there. Get out of there, Chris Holman. Get out of my program. He's still going. Not keep it going. He's still going. Momentum stretch for sure. There? He's still going. He's still drawing a paycheck. <laughs> well, that's how they, he knows they can't fire him if I just keep talking. Yeah, that's you actually a word in. That's the George Costanza. I'm coming back to work. <laughs> the onus is on you to do something about it. What's Ohio State's record now? They are not great. Thirteen and eight. No. Oh. And their first like fifteen oh. games are simple games. Man, when he when he win that game, he was he was bebopping, scatting all over the place when they beat what Sienna? Alabama. <laughs> they had a they had a win over then seventeenth ranked Alabama, who's now twenty fourth ranked. What's your phone gonna blow up over there? It is. Oh, all quiet there. It is, it's very hey, quiet. Hey, Chris, sell us warm, make it hot. All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is uh, that's great. I mean, he he really did. It is really hard when you think about Ohio State, and I told you. Ohio State is still top 15. Top 15 in revenue. A lot of it has it to do like with the... It looked like last night, according to the attendance. I know. That's what's amazing. <laughs> to see a program die like this right in front of our eyes with all their resources. Yeah. I know they're never they're never going to be Kentucky. They're never going to even take basketball as seriously as Indiana. Like, I understand that. Or Purdue. I get it. They're a football school. They look like a Marlins game. But my whole life, Ohio State has contended for Big Ten championships in basketball and every coach has either gotten close to the Final Four or been to the Final Four. Maybe with an asterisk, Jim well, O'Brien. What's Ohio State known for? Winning. Winners win. Winners care about winning. If you're not winning, we need somebody who wins. They'll show up for winners. Ohio State fans will show up for all these things they'll if show you're up a winner. For, they'll show up to see Caitlin Clark, a winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fully, they're starting to pay attention to some of the success because you guys have done yeah. terrific. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Great to be with you guys. All the best. Hey, Coach, thanks a lot. I'll, uh, I'll do my best to talk to you. <laughs> uh, see, Coach. No. That's where we should have known. No! <laughs> That's where we should have known. Things are going south. That's it for about That was a night. nicer time back in the day. 745 FML, uh, Lima's buddies. Don't try to act like you're better than all of a sudden Lima all of a sudden, okay? Coming up next, I got a bone to pick with Tone about fans getting on each other. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, live on the fan. Why well, really done myself and the show a disservice here. I'm going to get to the Cavs, back to the Cavs here in a second. It's something we noticed back on uh, back on Monday night. I keep thinking today's Thursday, which is bad. You always want to feel it's like Tuesday instead of Wednesday, not Thursday instead of Wednesday. Um, I, I had an idea. I said, hey, well, nobody wants to watch the, play, uh, the Pro Bowl games. Have a third place game. Winner gets $50,000 each. And immediately I put it out there. I go, like or no like. Sorry, I didn't mean to rip you off there, Tone. And immediately, uh, I don't think the players are going to risk injury. I'm like, man, I think you guys are really underrating players playing football for an extra $50,000 and what players will do for an extra $50,000. Am I off the mark there, Tone? I I think there – first of all, I think there would be fans that would watch any kind of football. If they had the uniforms on, I don't think they would even care who the players are. I think they'd still watch. Hence how they even watch yeah. the Pro Bowl, which doesn't... They will play games in the middle... Uh, if they played a game in the middle of the night in Antarctica, you'd watch. If they played a game in the middle of the night on your worst day ever and your busiest day ever, you'd find a way to watch. I want to let the, the NFL. show. I would not watch. 
because I don't care about these types of games, but I do think there'd be a market for it. Wouldn't be what a, a regular season game would be, but I mean, fans watch the preseason games till the moment the final buzzer goes off. Yeah. And I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh, which, you, you stayed up for that? Somebody called Old Bull Nuts on Twitter, which is a uh, harken back to Lyndon Johnson. I appreciate the history. Spoke about it being uh, a game in, 1960, in the 1960s. There actually was a third place game between the conference uh, runners up. And uh, he said nobody cared about it then. And, he said, and I said, well, the place is clearly, the league is clearly in the same place it was in the 1960s. However, I went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole and I had to read this to you. Okay, you ready for this? Criticism of the game. Green Bay Packers coach Vince Lombardi detested the playoff bowl, coaching in the games following the 1963 and 64 seasons after winning NFL titles in 61 and 62. To his players, he called it the bleep bowl, a loser's bowl for losers. Lack of motivation may explain his Packers' rare postseason defeat in the 1964 game, which is January of 65, to the St. Louis Cardinals. After that loss, he fumed about a hinky-dink football game held in a hinky-dink town, played by hinky-dink players. That's all second place is hinky-dink. I think we've drawn from 1960, haven't we? I just think fans Fine. want, want football to go on as have, long as it possibly guys, can. Have guys continue to do box jumps. We'll, we'll do box jumps. We'll do glorified box jumps in the middle of a, of a football field, and that'll be, that'll be the Pro Bowl game. Did you know, Kenny? What? And I used to, I used to watch when uh, we were very young, we're waiting for the school bus, they would show these recaps of the old NCAA tournaments and the Final Fours. Almost very, very Steve Sable, Ed Sable-esque. They would do them for college hoops on ESPN. Did you know? There was a consolation game in the Final Four, meaning the two teams that did not win on that that first semifinal game, they would then match up against each other for the third place game, and that went on until 1981. Really, I did not know that. So, they, and people used to watch. You'd look in the stands. Be I packed. just can't. I just can't imagine. First off, they they will play for money. Players will play for money. Everybody likes money, especially NFL football players. So they'll play for money. Uh, second of all, don't act like you wouldn't watch it. You'd watch it. It'd be better than the Pro Bowl. It wouldn't be the same as the Pro Bowl. They'd it'd be, be all your for younger, money. Yeah, it'd be all your younger players that aren't under huge contracts. Exactly. You can hold out people if you wanted to. That's fine. It's an NFL football game. I guarantee you'd watch. I guarantee you'd sit down on Sunday and be, hey, we got another football game to watch in between now and the Super Bowl. This is fun. What's Dan Campbell going to do in this one? Is he gonna call is he gonna call fourth down runs again or is he gonna call fourth down passes? Is he gonna kick field goals? What if he kicks field goals here and he didn't last week? Well, if he would have done this in the championship game, he'd be playing in the Super Bowl. Okay, fine. I mean, everybody acts every time and the NFL has a new idea, everybody acts like they're not gonna get in on it, and then they end up getting in on it and they end up watching it, and the NFL makes more money. Okay, fine. We're moving on. Uh I, I did wanna I'd have a bone to pick with you a little bit. Uh you said that there wasn't a lot of gusto. With the Cavs. And you, you said national media. And then you said admittedly local media. And yeah. I started getting mentioned in these things. I'm going, hey, we talk a bunch of Cavs here. What the hell's going on here? Explain yourself. Because I ended up getting roped into your big thing. Twitter Actions brought to you by Shiman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I ended up getting roped into your hemisphere of, of negativity with people yelling at you over the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday. So over the last, I would say, few weeks when you know the Cavs are building this terrific win streak and doing so shorthanded the entire time without two starters. Most teams go south in the NBA when this happens, not the Cavs. They went in the other direction 
and now got people excited about, you know, what their trajectory is on the season. As this has been going on, I've noticed more and more fans on the timeline, on the message boards, the Reddit boards, even a few friends going, man, the Cavs are not getting any national buzz, any, any of the podcasts, any of the people that talk nitty-gritty basketball, even the people that kind of just parachute in during the big moments, none of them. They're all still talking, obviously, the Lakers who are below 500. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're talking about the Phoenix Suns. They're talking about Boston, Philly, Milwaukee. Of course, they had a coaching change. You know, they're, they're mentioning all these teams, even Minnesota, the upstart, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. All of these teams are getting run. Nobody. The Cavs have been an afterthought. They've been irrelevant nationally. And then a bunch of those people are also saying, and even the local beat doesn't even seem that engaged, doesn't even seem well, that excited I, I, about the Cavs well, right first now. First off, I, I, if, if you're talking about, are you talking about like Brian Windhorst? I mean, I listen to a lot of Windhorse's pods. Okay. He doesn't mention I mean, the Cavs barely well, at all. Uh, but I, I know that he's had uh, criticism of the local beat before. And and even I, I he hasn't mentioned us by name. I don't even know if we know I don't think we would know each other, but Well, just and uh, we'll and we'll point out. We'll point out while the Browns have a very fervent local beat, I think there's gotta be you see twelve of the same faces yeah. at every Browns practice at every Browns training camp. The Cavs there I mean, is, nobody travels with the team anymore, I think, except Chris. I think that's about it. He, Maybe. I, I think I thought he is the beat. I mean, that's that's basically what I thought he was. I mean, he, he, and Jason, when he lucky drops to in get, from the athletic. They're lucky to get Jason Lloyd to even watch half the games. I mean, that point. is that is Jason uh, Lloyd joins us join, at 9 to yeah, talk cast. Jason joins us at 9 because he is uh, saying <laughs> that we need to force a three-pointer with Evan Mobley. Like, there is not much of a beat. shoot hook shot threes at, blindfolded. With the Cavs as there the is. the rock and jock shot. As there is with the Browns. There's, I don't think there's as much of a beat with the Cavs as there is the Guardians. I, I, yeah, that's I actually, true. I'd venture to say there's way more Guardians writers than there would be Cavs there, writers. And, and, you know, that, and that's not a shot at the, at, the, at the Cavs writers that are left. That's not what I'm trying to, yeah. especially the guy you just mentioned. I'm not even taking a shot at him. That's not what it is. But if you're talking about a fever for it, well, yeah, I think a lot of people... I think for a lot of people, the NBA is their second sport here. I do think it's taken over as number two for a lot of folks. All right? The second thing of it is, is though, is that it is a long season. And right now, you're in this, you're in a, you're in a spot where you're not, you haven't been a NBA title contender, but you're no longer the up-and-coming fun team to talk about. Like, Minnesota can be a fun team to talk about because they're up-and-coming. Oklahoma City last year and Oklahoma City this year man, this is fun, this is new, it's not just LeBron's Lakers or any of the other stuff, this is new. You were that team over the last couple of years, and now you're not. Now there's just more expected of you, and there's this weird level of, all right, here are our serious title contenders, and there's about four of them that you look at, maybe five every year, and you're right in that middle where it's like, all right, if you win a lot of games, then we'll talk more about you. If not, we're really not going to notice you. And then there's the terrible teams that we talk about, and then there's the teams that are the up-and-comer. So right now, it's weird. The better they've been the less people say about them. People pay attention to the Knicks. The most that they've said about the Knicks, Cavs, and Clippers over the last month is that, hey, you've been the hottest team in January. And that's about all they can say. So I'm not going to put it on you. I don't think you should put it on us about not talking about them. Because I'll tell you what, I saw the upper deck in that game against the Clippers. And I was more than willing to sit there and blame it on, hey, you know, they thought Paul Pierce wasn't probably going to play. and you can't. Well, you can't count on Paul Pierce to play and Kawhi Leonard to play in Cleveland. 
okay, I kind of gave that as an excuse. But don't line up and tell me. Uh, if they thought Paul that Pierce sudden, was playing, then they're if, definitely in the wrong well, if, decade. If they don't, if they don't sit there, don't come on me and say that. Well, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get them riled up. I talk about the Cavs as much as we possibly can, and you certainly do. You had a whole podcast yesterday in the emerging podcast scene about this basketball team and breaking down the nitty gritty of it, how Jared Allen isn't going anywhere, and it was excellent. But I know from last year where they were the fun, plucky underdogs. And they went out there and they got hammered by the Knicks, and the Knicks talked trash about you. That there, I think, is a bit of a playoff hangover. That's not my fault. That's not your fault. Yeah, I mean, there are there are consequences to losing the way you did. But now, past the halfway point, this team is starting to, especially getting Darius back, they are starting to to get a little more buzz. I do think over the next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot more buzz because they are continuing to go in the right direction. And I think now people have to take them seriously because we are talking about a team that is going to have home court in the first, unless they have an enormous amount of more injuries or anything like that. Yeah. They're going to have home court in the playoffs and, th- and they are going to be a problem to deal with. And that's great. But don't sit there and put it on me because people were picking up $8 tickets to see them play the Clippers the other night. That's not my fault. I tell everybody to go to every game they possibly can, and that's for all three big teams. And by the way, go to the Monsters. They put on a hell of a show. I'll never not tell you to go to one of the teams in the city, including the Monsters. I'll never not tell you to do it. Put it on me. 216-474-0092. That's why I was like, I was like, damn it, Bima, you're kind of inviting that. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell at you, but here we are. Around the new hires at 8 o'clock where we have an old friend dropping in on the show. And coming up next, he's a good player, guys. I like him. But I'm wondering if you're digging one hole to fill another. I'll explain it. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 